0: Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Across the world, banks are under pressure to innovate to secure their digital future, ensuring the right products and services for customers, but at the same time competing against new digital challengers and defending against the surge in cybersecurity attacks. Mark Kenny from Explio outlines the digital transformation challenges facing banks today. Okay, I'm joined today by Mark Kenny, Client Director of Banking and Payments with Expleo Group. Hi, Mark, how are you?
1: Good afternoon, John, how are you? Very well, I'm, thank you.
0: I'm, I'm, very, I'm good, thanks. I mean, I'm just, I'm just talking to you in, in uh, I suppose... The, the, the crazy year and a half we've had but so it's brought a lot of change and a lot of change in that has been financial now and I'm talking about people's individual circumstances but how we probably live our lives I think there was a recent study there by the Banking and Payments Federation that showed in June um, that that uh, I think we've reached an all-time payments of 2.4 million in payments a day. And that's something that adds up to quite a lot of money every month. And, and the, the change here is that most people aren't carrying cash anymore. The pandemic has changed how we perform. Is that something you're seeing in your research?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen um, year on year, we would have seen a move towards uh, digital payments increase, but in, uh, since covid uh, we've seen an accelerant, uh, and as you say, month on month now, we're seeing exponential growth. As you and I, people out on the street, we've, you know, the requirement for carrying cash has most definitely eased um, for fear of uh, contracting the disease, the dreaded disease. Um, but the convenience of whether it be on your phone or in a card to make a, a mobile or a payment transaction has just uh, really got uh, very much faster. And it has been a huge adoption rate from the Irish people in general, I think we've won of the highest adoption rate of mobile type payments across Europe. Because
0: so I have to correct myself there. So I said uh, 2.4 million euros a day. It's actually 2.4 million contactless payments per day, but adding up to 1.2 billion of spending in June alone. Um, on that, like, I mean, because I remember, like, in Ireland, we used to say, um, you know, I used to look at a lot of surveys from places like Danske Bank and, you know, the, the Scandinavian countries were ahead of us in terms of contactless. And, and I think they were years ahead of us, really. And, and also, the curse of many a business was the check is in the post. So we were still a very cash-heavy economy, and I think for a lot of businesses, that whole check is in the post thing was also the death knell for a lot of businesses because uh, cash flow was obviously impacted by uh, people not paying on time. And would it be fair to say it was like night and day? I suppose pre-pandemic, we were still a laggard. Now, post-pandemic, we're now in, in, in an advanced state.
1: I think we were moving there. I think we were moving to this sort of cashless society, but post-pandemic or through the pandemic, has really been accelerated. Mm. Uh, and yet 2.4 billion transactions uh, is just a phenomenal amount of uh, transactions at a given period. Um, but, you know, you, you've seen business now adapt as well. The convenience of dropping in to buy a newspaper and using a card to make that transaction, you know, frictionless, frictionless as opposed to Putting your hand in the pocket and digging at your ten euros or five euros and get the change. You know, I think the convenience there for everybody uh, uh, has been brilliant. Yeah, um, the adoption rate. I think Czechs are still very strong in Germany, mind you. So yeah. we're certainly well ahead of the Germans, who would be one of the powerhouse economies of, of Europe. So um, oh, I think totally. the Irish public have done terribly well with their their adoption, and we've proven that time and time again, of course.
0: Now, I work in a bank and uh, I won't say what the bank does (laughs) in terms of digital transformation, but it's certainly when I joined from the tech world, I have to say it was more like joining a tech company than my traditional idea of what a bank was. I was thinking pinstripe suits and brass plates, but it was actually a lot more digitized and and in flux in terms of moving towards uh, new payment platforms like Apple Pay. And, you you know, at the same time, you know, it's hard not to... Look at the world and see that the landscape has also uh, changed in terms of there's there's now neo banks in the platform. Um, or, sorry, in the eater the ether mix. Uh, the, so, in terms of the actual uh, cha- challenges facing banks, so banks, traditional banks, have a challenge now to to be as innovative as. These new younger players, uh, how are they succeeding at that? Because you do have legacy systems, and, and I've been hearing about legacy systems going back to AS400 systems back in the 90s. Um, and I kind of sometimes wonder are they still there <laughs> actually, if I, the more I hear about it? Um, but the banks banks are trying to really be as relevant to today's digitized consumer as many of these new neo banks are. How are they succeeding at that?
1: I I think they're coping very well. I mean, they all have uh, programs of continuous change and continuous innovation and they're very much looking at putting the customer first. I think the neo banks and the challenger banks have shone a light of the art of the possible um, and leveraging cloud-based technology so it makes it much swifter and easier to bring new products and services to the marketplace. But I think our banks, the banks certainly in our in our country here, have responded terribly well, uh, and they're all continuing to change. I, I think some, there's still probably a bit of AS400 and even another IBM mainframe uh, in the back end somewhere. Uh, but the, the technologies are advancing so quick, and the fintech marketplace with new solutions uh, in the marketplace are helping. Uh, our pillar banks and others to to come forward and meet the challenge with the customer experience which at the end of the day is all mobile phone based it's it's a, it's a quality app that works well on your phone and gives you the access to the, to the services that you would want in a timely manner and fashion.
0: The, the pandemic, again, as we pointed out earlier in the conversation, has led to far more, far more digitised customer. How has the pandemic affected the actual ongoing digital transformation internally and functionally of the banks in Ireland?
1: Well, I think the, the big change would have been within the staffing within the banks themselves and footfall into the branches. So there's two sides there to do with football. Uh, the public have been, we, I suppose we've been scared initially with the pandemic, with, the, with COVID. i uh, very reluctant to travel into a, a confined space such as a, a bank branch, even though essential service, the branch network stayed open, mm-hmm. uh, but resources and staffing was more difficult. And then obviously you've got... Uh, the telephone-based servicing uh, aspect of things too. again, internal staff are further distributed across internal buildings to, to service the customer over the phone. Mm. Uh, but we've seen a huge uplift in both in the banks pushing their customers okay. to online-based services and in return customers adapting to, to being online as well. So I think that's gone very well for, for both sides. Uh, and I think then you start to Peel back the onion a little bit more. I've seen a lot of activity of improving the internal processes within the bank in the eyes of the end user customer. So, improving workflows, bringing in digitization, working with fintech companies to help say onboarding uh, to make that a bit more seamless, a bit more frictionless. Uh, account opening being another example where we're seeing new technologies, new players in the marketplace helping banks to be a bit slicker, be a bit more frictionless. Uh, But uh, back to your earlier point, we need banks, kind of. Okay, so that's how those guys do it. Can we do that as well? I think the banks have definitely taken up that challenge.
0: In in all of this, though, the biggest thing—if we think about our lives uh, as kids before we had saving books. And you know, uh, we all remember getting our first ATM cards and our first credit cards, God help us. Um, you know, but you know, in all of this we always had a relationship with our banks. And in traditionally in in in, in Irish towns, I think the bank the, the, the bank manager was up there with the priest and local the local doctor <laughs> as pillars of the community. That has ultimately changed. There's a lot more emphasis on um, you know, uh, people's relationships with the banks in a very self serve way. You know, they they go in and they, they, they do it all now through the internet and through their mobile phones. I suppose, how do do you think in terms of this this world now where we have more, we are doing a lot of the work that we used to get banks to do for us because we're managing our money ourselves through this the platform that now banks provide us with. What are your thoughts on how we preserve those relationships and perceptions of 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 our banks? <laughs> what needs to happen to ensure that you know? we don't just see our bank as just an app on the phone. And how do banks do, do it themselves? What do banks need to do to make sure that they're not just seen as an app on the phone and that they're more than that?
1: Correct. Well, I absolutely recognise my my father was a a small businessman had had a Pope on the north side of the city here in Dublin. And uh, I remember we drove not to the branch in Sutton, which was our local branch, but we drove over to Swords, I believe it was. And it was a bank manager relationship that my father had that he wanted to maintain. So he moved his account to the manager who would give him the service. Um, I think that's probably the the down part of, of banking. Uh, and when we all look back at missing the relationship, but I think there's a, where we are today, I think there's a great opportunity for technology to not just bring it back to the relationship around the business banking, but the relationships around, you know, individual banking. So I'm seeing um, the inception or the deployment of customer data platforms internally within banks. So, you know, you might have a credit card product, you might have a mortgage product, you might have a savings product. Um, And the integration of all those data points into a single unified view of me or you john uh, about where my banking is what am i buying where am i buying it you know am i buying you know nappies or whatever from the local store that indicates where i might be in a life stage and therefore the bank using smart technology then can start to mold products that i might need at a point in time where i would need it so Mm -hmm. i I think there's a lot of work still to be done but there's some really good examples in them over in Vietnam, where there's a bank not only is it creating a smart app for its retail customers, create a very smart app for its uh, business customers, SME customers. Uh, and the interaction to buy a bottle of Coke or a newspaper from uh, those two parties from within that bank infrastructure uh, or network is creating great insights. And in fact, the bank has gone on to create a, a marketplace of applications um, and services. Uh, using other third parties so to try and provide a full life cycle support mechanism for its customer so i think the the future is very bright uh with our individual relationships with our banks um, and it was bright in the past as you said with the trusted bank manager so i definitely think they're coming back yeah with the aid of technology of course
0: and uh you meant you alluded to their automation is a big part of the future different Life periods. You buy your first car. You have your first child. You're getting married. You know, you're, you're or you're at a point where your first child is now going to university. Um, the the bank. Knowing what you're about to do, or not, not not a very, not not as kind of a scary way, but certainly being relevant, I suppose, to your needs. Uh, how, how is automation going to play a future and, and robots, robotics, the robotic bank manager? How, how are all of these things going to play a role in the future too?
1: Yeah, so so robots or robotic process automation, uh, a wonderful technology. Uh, I, I'm a big fan. I, I believe it allows uh, people to. Experiment with how to improve the journey of a customer and transition across different systems. As we mentioned, legacy systems AS four hundred and there's obviously newer cloud-based systems. Uh, they, they don't necessarily interact how we like them, and a robot can help that. So it can certainly speed up and help the workflow. It, it can help in the conversation side of things. So you know, um, I, I was online there recently, and there was a little chat window in the bottom of my browser. And I said, I am a human, you know, so there's a real person. They were boasting the fact that there was a human behind <laughs> that particular chat window. Um, but if you get the conversation right and you're talking about a relevant topic, uh, there's no reason why it, that in itself, that chatbot with robots in the back end couldn't automate to bring the right salient piece of data forward whether it be for a new product request, say for, for a new car loan request, and capture your information and then speed it off through the workflow system to get it to, to the approver um, instead of what was previously done by by people. So it's a great opportunity to automate back-end processes there for sure. But as long as, long as you keep the customer and the benefit to the customer front you should get a great
0: result. And what's coming down the line? I mean, it's, it's it's changing so fast. I mean, it's 2021 and Steve Jobs brought out the iPhone in 2007 and so much has changed since then. You know, as I say, if you predicted back then that most people would be, wouldn't even be carrying cards or cash and maybe doing their payments through their phones or that, you know, they they would have a direct link from their phone straight into, into their, manage their own banking affairs. I mean, it all sounded very futuristic back then, but it's not that long ago. So looking to the future, what, what do you think is coming down the line? I mean, I'm 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 tempted to mention things like blockchain, but I don't know if even that is where it's at. What what are kind of things are you seeing that that people are talking about that are in the ether but coming out us soon?
1: Well, I think when I was a boy growing up, um, I I was very proud of a Swiss Army knife that I once had. You know, because of all these little tools and one device. I now have that on my mobile phone. My phone is now my Swiss Army knife.
0: Yeah, you, 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 even have a torch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so, but to be able to bank and do all my banking online is is phenomenal. But you know, I, I, I wasn't born yesterday. Uh, but where the world I think is going is, we need to think about servicing the the new banking public. So my uh, my teenage kids, the millennials, you know, the Gen Z guys. And I think and if you look at that, these guys were born with Steve Jobs, wonderful Swiss Army knife, mobile phone in their hands. You know, and how do we give them the instantaneous service that they wish and demand? You know, they're not used to waiting or standing in line. They are. They will compare a bank app with, uh, you know, an Amazon app or an uh, Airbnb app or whatever the app they've used before and the speed of response. So you know that's where I see it going. And the t- technology to, again, play the right moves. I just made, made the right offer and understand who that customer is at a given point in time or where they're in their life cycle. you can make relevant, pertinent offers in a timely manner. I think that's where we're going to see uh, the banks go in the future. I think there's another side of things then is that where big tech are coming. So you got the Googles, Amazons, Apple, for that matter. Like Apple now have their own credit card. Uh, I know Google are working with a bank in South America and also one in Europe. So they bring all the tech to the table. Once they understand banking and what banking is and banking processes are, I think that's going to be really interesting. I think that's going to you know, show a, a different light on the industry in, in years to come. But I think there's a, there's a ways to go yet, yeah, but uh, it's something to watch out for.
0: Would you say the future's bright then?
1: Absolutely, <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. With that, Mark Kenny, thank you so much uh, for talking to me. That was great.
1: Thank you, John. Talk soon.